Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics right here on Blog Talk Radio. firing methods. So 
Um, I also do other types of firing like salt and wood, but mainly Raku, I teach workshops as well as uh, I do teach uh, people how to throw on the wheel and do hand building. So, and that's what we will be offering at the studio as well. And you have a lot more uh, than that that you're offering. You have a, a, a whole curriculum of things that uh, you're going to be bringing to Sussex County. Absolutely. We have a wonderful artist um, in our studio. She is a painter, and she will be pa- uh, teaching painting and drawing classes as well as doing sip and paint and other things. Uh, we pr- will most likely be doing some kids' camps and bringing art to children as well. And uh, I will be doing um, – she'll be doing sip and paint. I'll be doing sip and spin and mm-hmm. we are going to have different types of projects. Uh, I will be doing firing workshops. Maureen will be teaching. Her name is Maureen Bodnar, by the way. And she is a fabulous artist. And yes, she, uh, she will be uh, doing all kinds are. of uh, different things. Yeah, both of you are awesome uh, artists. And uh, I'm uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Your your handiwork. Um, if you have any images, I'll gladly share them uh, on my timeline uh, as well, so that people can uh, uh, can sample your art. Okay, I can send you some definitely. So, how long have you and uh, Maureen known each other? We've known each other about two years. Uh, we met at the Amber Dragon in North Branchville, North. and. And we just clicked um, very quickly, became friends, and and then found out each was an artist. And um, I actually took her with me to Texas so that she could see what potters do. And she had a really good time. And I've been watching her set up her studio and and watch. She's been working on a very special painting that will be hanging in the studio. And uh, it is amazing just watching her work. So yes, we, I've after we clicked, the results of that work, and it is indeed uh, very incredible. Thank you, thank you. And and since we clicked so well, and she realized I was I was in the process of looking for space to open an art studio, we decided to just pool our talents together and uh, offer more than just clay, so that we can bring a little bit more art and and whatnot up to this area, which I think we do need. And uh, now everywhere, uh, art programs are being uh, reduced. So right now there's a need uh, for more of it uh, because what's there is being taken away. Definitely. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we're able to offer that up here. Now, art is a powerful uh, force. Uh, and it has the power to transform uh, civilization. And uh, that's one of the reasons why tyrannical uh, people don't like art um, or artists. Uh, So Uh I I know how important art is. And um, I worked as a therapist for many years, uh, working with a creative arts uh, therapist. And uh, I've seen firsthand on how the creative art therapies uh, transcend words. So Mm -hmm. words are sometimes not the most effective way to express something, but through the creative arts, uh, you can transcend words and get into feelings and emotions and memories and 
so art is a very magical thing. And uh, I'm hoping very much that it transforms uh, Sussex uh, County. And we are too. And, and that is very true. That statement is very true. Um, you know, when people can't express themselves through words, art is such a wonderful way to be able to express yourself and, and, you know, just get out what you're trying to say. If you can't do it with words, you definitely can do it with art. And we are hoping that we can get a lot of uh, inspiration going in our community. That, that would be fantastic. You said that you're working with uh, kids. Um, are you planning on doing like after school programs? I know here in uh, Bergen, uh, we have a lot of those. Yes, I've already uh, been contacted by a few parents who want to sign oh, their children up for either painting or clay classes. And uh, we're going to start setting a schedule of either doing something right after school, if, if that's amenable to the parents, or seeing what works for the majority and, and hoping to get some, you know, um, classes going for kids. And uh, I also teach at Newark Academy. I'm a substitute teacher there, and that is in Livingston. It's a, it's a private school. It's a very impressive school. And I teach 6th to 12th graders there, and every year we do a nine-day um, intensive art course teaching the kids to throw and fire their pots and then we do a raku firing for about three or four days and the looks on their faces are just amazing when they look that we can actually set pots on fire and <laughs> um you know have breathtaking results and you know just just being able to do that is amazing and hopefully we'll be able to do that with the kids up here i uh, have a couple of the high schools interested in coming to do some of the Raku sessions. So um, hopefully that will catch on and we can get a lot of kids involved. And I'm hoping to do some events where we can get kids in to do some painting and some clay and hand building projects and, and whatnot. So we're hoping wow. to uh, schedule some of those. So we're going to be busy. <laughs> yes, I, I, I can see that just the, the, from your start. And I can see you also encouraging other artists eventually by hiring them to be part of your successful uh, programs because uh, there will come a time very soon where um, you and Maureen will not be able to do everything. Exactly. Um, I've already got someone who is a student who's interested in just kind of following me and um, learning all about clay and firing techniques and I'll be bringing her on soon, I hope, and she will be sort of uh, a studio assistant, and um, she will be trading her um, uh, helping skills, so to speak, in the studio, uh, you know, to help me do uh, the things I need to do, which clay, um, all for just gaining some knowledge in how to right. throw and fire and improve her skills. And I'm hoping to maybe look into a program where, we take on some children or kids, even kids from the college who want to learn a little bit more and maybe do some type of a fellowship program or something. And then hopefully get more people in who will teach a class. Um, I also do plan on bringing in some famous guests artists that mm -hmm. will hopefully do some workshops and people can sign up and they can learn, you know, how to mix glazes, how to do certain throwing techniques things like that. So 
hopefully we can expand that out. And yes, I would love to have some people come and teach classes and and uh, help others to learn. Wow, uh, you just uh, <laughs> you, <laughs> the thing that you're doing is so amazing that I'd like to keep uh, coming back to it and revisiting it. And so we'll talk about that at some other uh, time. Uh, but uh, sure. um, I, I really would like to give you a platform so that you could reach uh, people um, on a podcast level uh, as well. And uh, uh, that is awesomely incredible. And it's, it is very, very much uh, uh, needed. Um, I am involved in the enrichment programs here in uh, Bergen County uh, primarily. And uh, mm -hmm. I've actually done a lot of work with uh, two of them. And uh, my schedule is filling up so much now that I don't know how much longer that aspect of what I do can continue. But I learned a lot. And uh, by being inside of the schools and providing these enrichment uh, programs, I realized how blessed uh, we are in Bergen County, uh, where the threat of these things being cut is uh, much less. So I see yeah. the results of these uh, programs on all sorts of uh, kids. And uh, aside from teaching the skills uh, and giving the experiences that uh, um, they're providing, uh, they're also teaching leadership. They're also teaching uh, team building. Uh, they're teaching all sorts of things that aren't really there you know, in the curriculum. Uh, and their lives are truly enhanced and enriched and uh, expanded. So what you're doing is on a level way beyond that, and, and I'm really, really uh, uh, interested in uh, following its growth. Thank you. Thank you. I've had some great had teachers, some great myself, teachers myself, so uh, being able to pass that on is something that um, I, I guess I hold very valuable because I've had someone – actually, I have three three mentors, but – they all taught me so much that you you almost feel like you have to pass it on and that right. you hope that someone who has gained knowledge will do the same so that we keep it going. I, I know that desire very well. And uh, um, <laughs> I, too, try to pass on what has come uh, into my life from the past and uh, wanted to uh, be preserved and to continue because uh, I feel it's important. And thank you for being part of that journey, by the way. Um, and uh, now I'm looking forward to following yours. Uh, it, it is a glorious uh, journey. It's a flower of a lifetime of uh, uh, experience and uh, focus. And uh, that is so incredibly uh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, hoping that this will take off and that we really can make it part of the community and really get people involved in just art and having fun and learning and doing whatever they feel they can put into some form of art. So I, I really am, you know, grateful that I'm, I actually have this opportunity to be able to do this. And it takes a lot to stick with your passion uh, despite having to work in the corporate world for you know, a period of time you know, to uh, support yourself, to earn a living for your family. Um, and many people use the fact that they have to do that as an excuse not to pursue your passion. 
but uh, uh, some people continue to pursue their passion no matter what. And you're one of those uh, people. What type of advice can you give to people in terms of sustaining uh, their dream and knowing that things take time? It does. It takes. It does take time. And my advice would be stick with it. Don't give up. If you, you know, if you give up, you never know what you're capable of. And um, I think that use it as more of stress relief. I, I loved taking classes while I was working in corporate and just improving my skills with my mentors. And that kept me going. It kept me looking forward to going to my class every week and what am I going to learn this week and what, what firing technique am I going to learn next? And you can take that and apply to anything, not just clay, but anything you want to get involved in, whatever, you know, um, ignites your passion. And I'm hoping that if people can just, you know, take that and, and keep that in mind to just stick with it, no matter, you know, I know sometimes you get tired and you don't want to do anything and you work all day and you come home and I, I went through the same thing, but I always looked forward to being able to just get that release and be able to just do something creative. And I think if you keep that in mind, that will help motivate you as you go along. Very, very true. Um, the not giving up is very important because a lot of the time nothing seems to be happening. Uh, I know this from every new endeavor. It, it, it seems like you know nothing is going on, but uh, eventually, after you put in the time and and grow and uh, develop and make the contacts you need to make, things do happen rather fast. And um, a lot of people perceive this as you're lucky, um, and uh, not that luck isn't a factor uh, in making your dreams mm-hmm. come true, but that luck comes after a good decade plus of hard work, <laughs> and that part of it's invisible to to most people. Exactly. Um, This did not happen overnight. I can tell you it has taken many years and many failures trying to get funding, trying to figure out where to go with it, trying to find space, um, Mm -hmm. trying to find space that's affordable. (laughs) Um, It's not easy nowadays. And for some reason, this all just finally fell into place, but it has taken quite some time. Um, This isn't something that just popped into my head, oh, let me just open an art center. It was just something that I had been working on for quite quite a long time. And now it, it's finally happening. I, I stuck with it, and I'm glad I did. And I'm glad you did, uh, too, because, uh, again, this <laughs> is a very awesome uh, and incredible thing that has a, a huge uh, transformational uh, um, possibilities that you're bringing mm-hmm. into your area. Now, there's kind of like a resident, uh, a renaissance uh, going on in uh, Sussex County. You mentioned uh, the Amber Dragon, which is how we met. Um, and yes. also, stores I've ever been in uh, there in uh, Sussex County. Uh, and of course, Astrid is in uh, Sussex uh, County. She has a show called uh, The Sussex Report um, here yeah. on uh, our station. And uh, now, you know, we have the Kindred Spirits uh, Art Center. So there is a lot going on there. And uh, Astrid has also been introducing, like, all the positive things that are going on in uh, Sussex uh, County uh, in her show. So it seems like 
something <laughs> is happening there. And maybe it's not as clearly defined as we'd like it to be, but you're certainly part of it. And uh, uh, I, I can see like a pattern uh, coming together. And th- there's a lot that people can get from, uh, from being there and doing the things that are, are starting to spring up. Absolutely. It's, it's almost like there's a transition going on and things are changing. And uh, hopefully for the better, as I can see, um, the town that we're in, Branchville, is really a quaint, nice little town. And, yes. you know, we have such, such wonderful businesses, almost on the four corners, actually. And um, it, it's almost, you know, kind of like we all work in tandem. Um, there's a business alliance that we all belong to, and we all look to promote things throughout the county and bring people together. And, um, you know, we have the arts walk coming up soon in June, and we will also be a part of that as well. And um, our open house actually is on Sunday, May 19th from noon to 8. And anyone who wants to come out and check, check out the studio uh, is more than welcome to. Um, we're located at 22 Wanta Jazz in Branchville, right up from the post office. And um, I think that working in tandem with all of the other businesses that are trying to bring things back to the community is going to eventually finally take off. And I think that's going to be very good for, for the area. I think so too. And, uh, um, I would very much like to focus more on Sussex uh, County. Astrid has opened uh, the door to that in, ter- in terms of the podcast. And uh, for me, Linda has opened the door uh, to that in terms of uh, the Amber Dragon. Um, mm-hmm. I believe strongly in the local business community. I'm on the board of directors of my local chamber of commerce. And I'm the official greeter of new businesses to uh, Tenafly. Um, in fact, uh, tomorrow I'll be with uh, the mayor Uh, with uh, the president of the Chamber of Commerce and with some of the council people uh, to welcome the new businesses uh, uh, that uh, are sprouting in Tenafly. Uh, So we promote Tenafly very heavily on the podcasts. Uh, I would be interested in, again, since we're developing a new platform, maybe uh, you can help spread the word through that platform as well, and it'll be an extra place to uh, increase awareness of what's going on. Absolutely. We will have a chat <laughs> on that too. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> Definitely. I would love to. I would love to do so, that. It, it would be nice. Yes, I, I believe so as well. And you definitely have a vision. You've shared you know, bits and pieces of your vision. So you've thought this through um, in very much detail uh, and you have a direction to move and you've established the connections you move, you need to move in that direction What is the ultimate uh, vision? My ultimate vision for this is to not only just spread the word about art and to teach it, but also to bring a community together. Um, When you walk in our studio and you look around, you're going to be like, wow, I would really love to just keep coming back here because it's not just, oh, I'm going to take a class. It's more like you're, you're, bringing people together. You're, you're bringing people to meet other people to maybe, you know, have new friendships or just spend some time with, you know, people of, of a like mind. And I think that is something that people don't 
realize. You know, you always think, oh, I'll just take a class and, you know, it's stress relief and it's this and that. But ultimately you are bringing people in that area together. And once we start doing more events and things, you're going to have a lot of people just finally coming together where you don't have that as much anymore. You don't have mm-hmm. a lot of events and things that people can have fun with and meet new people and just overall just have a good time. And also, in the meantime, you're sort of learning. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can actually get people in Sussex County to come do some fun things. It, it sounds incredible. And there, there are, there's a local community newspaper, if I remember correctly. Astrid mentions uh, uh, that, and Bill Waitman, who's uh, also uh, partially in, uh, in Sussex County, um, he talks about the uh, local press there being you know, very nice and very impressive. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the, the, um, the um, Alliance, the Business Alliance in Branchville, they are very good at welcoming um, the new businesses. There's actually a couple more new businesses that have come into the area as well. And um, Broad Street Books, Sunise, is the um, owner of Broad Street Books, and she is really the greeter for everyone here, and she does a fantastic job, and she has the most wonderful bookstore. And it's just so nice to have people that are there that are helpful. Opening a new business, it's a little scary. And um, having people that, you know, are all helping one another is really, it's nice to have that. Yes, it is very nice to have that. She's very welcoming uh, also. Uh, I know when I go there, and uh, look for books, which is something I'm always doing, it seems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's always uh, very friendly. She always has, like, new stuff and, uh, you know, it shows you where she got the new stuff. She's always buying uh, collections. Uh, and yes. uh, so uh, despite the fact that it's uh, stories uh, of books, uh, um, pun intended, uh, it, it is an awesome and welcoming uh, place. It is, it is, and it's nice to be able to be around like-minded business owners where we all come together and work together to help, you know, bring people out and, and going to all of the businesses and whatnot. So it's, it's nice to have that. They're, they're, the people up here are just extremely nice, and it, it's just so helpful. And are you, I'm trying to visualize where you are. Are you in that main uh, downtown area where Broad Street Books is? Or are you like uh, well, uh, a little further I'm right field? Up the street. Okay. <laughs> where Broad Street Books is, across the street is the post office. Yes. And there's a street right there to Wantage Ave. I am right up that road. Uh, and I'm right on the corner. We are in a great location. And, um, uh, we have a big picture window. We actually have a gallery gift shop uh, that people can come to and shop and find stuff, uh, handmade stuff from New Jersey artists uh, in different mediums, not just pottery and painting. I've got a jewelry artist. I've got a woodworker. I have 
um, two other artists that have their um, prints and their paintings in the gallery. So it's hopefully going to also be a place where people can come buy gifts and mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee. We have a little coffee bar set up for people, you know, when they tour the studio and whatnot. So um, it's welcoming. I'm a big fan of coffee. And that's what we're <laughs> – what's that? I'm a very big fan of coffee. Oh, I know that. <laughs> You're going to love our coffee bar. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting to know it <laughs> extremely well. Uh, we're going to try to I make it there going... Sunday. Uh-huh. We have, we, um, you know, basically unless uh, something unforeseen uh, happens, which I hope it doesn't, uh, we put aside Sunday to come up and uh, visit. So uh, we're really oh, looking forward to visiting the shop and uh, um, seeing you and Maureen and, uh, um, you know, actually physically being there um, and experiencing that uh, firsthand. That would be great. I would love to have you there. And the door is always open and the coffee is always on. <laughs> Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Those things. Um, so what you, you so you have uh, it opening. Um, in addition to the classes and the gallery, you also have uh, a place where people can buy uh, local art uh, of different yes. uh, types. And you've already started establishing relationships with the business community and with the, uh, the educational system. Uh, so you're off to a phenomenal uh, start, and uh, your years of corporate experience will serve you well in this uh, endeavor because a lot of artistic people uh, do not have that or it's not strong in them. So uh, all that time you had to spend there, I'm sure, taught you a thing or three. Uh, they'll be very useful to you in this new adventure. Absolutely. I, I, my corporate background is a big help. Uh, I was in the pharmaceutical industry for over 20 years, um, and I uh, did various things. I was a, a project director and an event planner, so the event oh, planning awesome. background surely helps, and um, it, it has helped me pull everything together and get things accomplished. So everything happens for a reason. Yes. Yes, this is meant to be. I was trying to get this space a year ago. Mm-hmm. And it did not work out, and it remained empty all this time. And wow. I started looking for space again, and this space happened to be available. And um, it, it just, the, the stars sort of aligned, and it was meant to be. I have a show uh, that's uh, dedicated to uh, uh, labor. It's called Options and Opportunities. Uh, and there we focus okay. on labor from a variety of different uh, angles. But one of the things we do is uh, we focus on uh, a passion and purpose and how people uh, reached uh, their, uh, their dream place, as it were. And uh, like on the next show, for instance, we're having um, um, Hillary. Uh, and uh, Hillary Bitters is a reporter, but she spent a mm-hmm. great deal of her life as a deep sea diver. Uh, and that's wow. just a recreation. 
professional deep sea diver, but an award-winning uh, deep sea diver who founded organizations and so forth. So she's been sharing uh, that particular uh, journey with us. Uh, one show was not enough to contain it, so we continued in two shows. But we have people who are like independent scholars. We have people who uh, own comic book stores or video game stores. Uh, we have people who are authors or graphic novelists. And uh, so, you know, basically a lot of people wonder how you go about doing something like that. And of course, many people are wondering, um, how do you become an artist and uh, support yourself as an artist and, and so forth? Uh, so I'd like to invite you on one of uh, those shows uh, next. Um, and uh, then, of course, on the show where we're focusing on uh, great things happening in uh, Sussex County, I'm sure that Astrid will want you on that show. So uh, you're going to be busy spreading the word uh, in, the, in the near future and the far future. Wow, that sounds incredible. I would be honored. Well, thank you. And um, our journey is coming to an end for today. But again, this is uh, you know, just the beginning. Um, share again mm -hmm. how people can contact you, the information about your store. And if you have any last minute uh, advice to give people to encourage them to pursue their dreams. Well, my last minute advice is just stick with it. Don't give up research that's the other thing do a lot of research research what you're doing get ideas um, even if you have to go take a walk in the woods and get some inspiration um, but just keep at it and um, we are Kildred Spirits Art Center and we are located at 22 Wantage Avenue in Branchville New Jersey our number is 973-945-6083 you can find us, uh, my website is kindredspiritsclaystudio.com. You can also, you can always go on my site and I will always list events and things that are happening. And uh, you can email me at kindredspiritsclaystudio at gmail.com. Linda, thanks again. I wish you the greatest of success and I will see you on Sunday. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me on tonight. It was really very nice. Thank you. I believe so as well. Thanks. Um, we're going to listen to Bone Poets Orchestra's Evolve, and then we will okay. be back with the Sussex Report. Okay.
by the incredible Astrid. Greetings and welcome to the Sussex Report, Astrid. How are you? Be here with you, Hercules. And it's always a pleasure to be with you. Um, I'm really looking forward to your continuing uh, updates on all the positive things happening in Sussex County uh, and also your series on the four elements. Why, thank you. And I would like to start off by saying that I am so proud of Linda and Marty with with their venture because this is not just a business. This is a way of life. 
you yes. know, and being an artist and having this accessibility to, to people in the community far and wide in Sussex County and those that would like to travel, I'm sure they're welcome to. It's amazing how Linda and Marnie have have laid the foundation in terms of of having access to creating art and learning art capabilities no matter what your your skill is or what your technique or media is. And that that's an amazing thing. Yes, it is. It's an incredibly amazing thing. And it's very empowering because uh, um, as uh, we touched on uh, during her segment, um, the arts transcend words and they show you truths that words obscure. Uh, and Most they help you get in touch yeah. with who you truly are and what you are truly all about. So that is a spiritual uh, gift and a developmental gift uh, uh, that uh, cannot be obtained uh, in any other way. So uh, I'm really in awe of what they're doing, and uh, I'm looking forward to following it. Oh, most definitely. And and as, as being someone who has served as an educator in the arts for uh, many years, I can attest to the fact that it is amazing how children develop and find their, their um, expression in whatever media it is, but they find their way through the arts. And it's so nice to see them to develop as people. I would always say majority of people are visual learners. We learn yes. by pictures more than words, pictures and sounds. And I would see that in the art room as well. You know, I'd say then we'll just revert back to what you know is true. And, you know, reading a book is one thing, and, you're, and it's great, and you have to do your book report. And But just think about when you critique a film and you look at the film. You right. are looking with your eyes and your heart, and there, there is no way you can disguise the truth with that. No. So I'm very, very proud, and I've, I've actually seen it come from an empty building where they first showed me the building to developing. It's their child, and it's developing, and these women are there every day. Mm-hmm. Planting the seed and, and harvesting it, and, but I get to see bits and pieces here and there. So they may not see the development as I have seen it, and I'm just amazed when I go there after a week or so. And I go there and I, I see how much has been accomplished in that space, and it's a beautiful space because it's just so multifaceted and it's not a typical space and it has a lot of mm-hmm. light and it has parking, but also the, the use of color and um, metaphysical um, symbols to just just make you feel so serene and at home. It's just a perfect environment for creating or learning art. Yes, and it seems that uh, the Kindred Spirits Art Center uh, is not only a labor of love, but it's also a work of art itself. <laughs> yes, it is, most definitely. And I'm happy to say that because I... I did notice that, uh, you know, Spring Street and Newton, little by little, these small businesses, they just can't survive. And I've seen businesses pop up there that I am just so enthralled. For instance, the Newton Theater, everybody's familiar of the Newton Theater. I mean, it's not just the occasional fine films. I mean, really phenomenal films you normally would not find, except maybe in the city or in Montclair. They will show those on Mondays and Tuesdays. But 
and, of course, having concerts. They acquired a large building across the street, and they opened it up as the Newark Theater Arts Academy. Hmm. Which, that is just amazing. And then originally I'm saying, well, how are they going to accomplish this? But I even love their vision statement. It says here that the Newton Theater Arts Academy is a not-for-profit organization that seeks to effect positive change within the Sussex County community. We endeavor to create a home for all the arts through the utilization of both our Arts Academy classroom, summer camps, and Newton Theater stage. So they cover a wide range of artistic interests. They have classrooms, they have programs in theater, dance, music, fine arts. They have training programs to give students hand-on experience working on technical aspects of performing arts, which I think is wonderful. That's sound design, stage lighting, scenic painting, and just design of, of the performance, you know, doing the backdrops. And I have a particular affinity to that because when I was in high school and college, I was an advanced art student, but my one favorite activity was working on the school musical and the school play. And I eventually became a scenery director. It is such a fantastic experience. Most people just see what is presented on the stage during a performance, but there is so much that goes into it. The lighting yeah. aspects, working the stage, uh, the building the scenery, um, painting the scenery, designing the scenery, working with the props, the costumes. And, and to work backstage, I personally loved working backstage during the performances. It's a great experience. So I'm glad to see that, that the Newton Theater has extended themselves into um, summer stock performance camps for kids. They have auditions mm-hmm. and callbacks. I think they're doing Frozen Junior, and then they'll be doing um, the Jungle Book Kids, and that's supposed to start in August. And then they have performances after they do all this work. I mean, there is a fee for it because they have to pay the, the teachers and buy equipment. They also have uh-huh. studio art, art exploration for some of the kids as well. But uh, isn't that wonderful that there is this expansion of the arts in Newton and now in Branchville? That is incredibly awesome. And uh, it seems like there's a renaissance going uh, on out there. And uh, as you know, uh, we've been filling the pull of Sussex uh, County as well. So uh, uh, although we have no intention of uh, relocating there at the present time, you never know where life might take you. Yeah, right. But you do spend a considerable amount of time there now, yes? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's great. Well, you have a wide expanse. You go here, there, and everywhere. And uh, this is another thing. You know, with the local news, I try to find some interesting things. And we do have one um, interesting group. It's a nonprofit organization called Samaritan Mm -hmm. Inn. And it serves the homeless in Sussex County. They are holding their eighth annual Tricky Tray on Saturday, June 1st at the Lafayette Firehouse. And it's not just attending and raising funds, but you can also be a, a fundraiser by donating a basket for a tricky tray. I know people, I used to love to enjoy to, to go to tricky trays, and, and uh, my time is limited, so I don't go. And, and my room in the house, the room in the house is limited at this point. But uh, it is a great thing to be creative and put a basket together 
put some um, objects together and make a stunning basket and donate mm-hmm. it for the cause. You don't only have to go buy tickets and, and attend. Well, it's a great event to attend, a tricky tray. But even doing your part as an individual, if you really believe in a particular service, put a basket together, whether it is for, uh, in this case, Samaritan Inn, and um, which is um, basically you can contact them at 973-940-8872, or you can email them at Samaritan, I-N-A-R-D, so in aid at gmail.com. And today, Block Talk Radio informed me before we started they're having a little difficulty with their system, so I don't <laughs> want to overload it with too many web searches. Um, no problem. You, I will send you an email, email later. I'll, I'll post it uh, later today or tomorrow. Definitely. And besides all these wonderful organizations, we also have all these little museums. And um, there is one called the Sussex County Historical Society. They are having a um, – they're going to honor Revolutionary War veterans. And this uh-huh. will be at 10 a.m. Saturday. May 18th at the Old Newton Burial Grounds, and the whole public's invited to be there to pay pay tribute to the 11 Revolutionary War veterans and one female patriot who are they're buried there within the cemetery. So they have their own cemetery committee, and they're going to be dedicating new gravestones and do full military honors by the honor guard from American Legion post-86. So I just think it's really wonderful because there are representatives from local chapters of the Sons and Daughters of the American Revolution. And Congressman Josh Gottheimer's office will also be there in attendance. I will pass that info on to you later. There also is a, a historical society. It's open on Sundays with presentations, the Van Kirk Museum, they're going to be open, I think, the second and fourth Sundays through June 23rd. I will pass that on. And they'll be doing different things related. I think there's going to be something now uh, about with this artist who is a local commercial photographer. And the exhibit is going to explore the multidimensional career of Kurt Engelbrecht, who covered mm-hmm. news, sports, celebrities, and everyday life from the 1920s through the 1950s. And I think they're also going to have a Victorian jewelry curiosity in their Victorian parlor. So they'll have different displays here with Victorian um, jewelry and uh, prestigious uh, objects that they would have there. And it's located by, uh, by, I think, 336 Main Street, which is Route 517. You can use the middle school driveway, it says here. I will pass that info on. And they also have a, a Gmail site. But there are so many different little museums. I was unaware of all these different museums that are located within the county, having uh, objects of art and, of course, interesting historical uh, facts and uh, materials there. Wow. You are very exhaustive in your research, and you're very generous in uh, sharing all the wonderful things that are going on in uh, in Sussex uh, County. Well, you know, 
it just strikes me, Hercules, that there is so many great things, and right. all we need to do is publicize them. You know, like Linda and Marnie opening up this great shop and all the things they're doing. It's not just lessons, but activities for adults right. at night that want to socialize as well, and artists that would like to uh, present their work there. So people can become familiar with other artists' works and purchase the art. And then we have this Newton Theater, and we have these little museums. What great assets to a county. Yes, certainly so. And I'm finding that uh, with uh, Bergen, uh, even though primarily now I'm focusing on uh, optimal wellness, I'm also getting involved with uh, um, animals and environmental causes and with labor um, and uh, with all that uh, going on, uh, there are so many great things and positive things happening uh, that uh, I could spend all day, every minute of every day, just spreading the good things that are happening. It, it's Definitely, amazing. You know? you know, sometimes you just need to find a way beyond the news on the television and extend yourself to these different websites, different organizations that you had said, like the Chamber of Commerce gives you all these different events that are going on within the counties. It's just beyond belief. Libraries have access, informational access as well, which you know because you provide so many services to the library. I I love libraries. They're my local Athenaeum. And and that's this is a nice little closure. I love the way things go full circle, don't you, Hercules? Yeah. <laughs> we started off, you know, Linda's talking about um, Branchville and that that wonderful bookshop there. And yes. It was mentioned in the newspaper. Uh, there was oh, an article awesome. in the Star Ledger talk asking people to talk about their favorite independent bookstores that are located. Anywhere within New Jersey, and two of them came up from Sussex County. I am so proud. Wow. And yes, one of them is um, the Sparta Bookstore, which is in Sparta Township. It's a cute, quaint little place that's set back, you know, in that theater center behind the center. And they uh-huh. are so accommodating. I have used them. Um, several times and I've gone there where I was looking for a particular book and they have obliged me by ordering it for me and they have other things besides books, you know, calendars and this, things for children, it is a very homey place, wonderful and then of course that wonderful bookshop that I've been introduced to via you in Branchville that is, has used books it's magical. It's a magical place. So that bookstore was mentioned as well, the Branchville uh, bookstore there. And she is an amazing person because I've gone in there and talked to her about certain books, selling books, you know, what type uh-huh. of books are they looking for. If you want a particular book, it's like a little maze in there, isn't it? Yes, it is. I only go to like three areas though. Uh, I I go to the uh, like uh, graphic novels, fantasy, uh, that type of thing, uh, and then uh, I go to the uh, metaphysical section. And now they have right. like an ancient Greek section. So whenever I go, in, I'll, I'll be in those three sections. Yes. Well, you never know. I mean, as you start turning in different little corners, who knows where you might you might have your right. favorite fourth section. 
yeah, they have some awesome things there, and uh, um, I've been uh, finding uh, books, and uh, I'm also, uh, I have a phenomenal amount of books, and we had a store once upon a time, you know, where we used to sell books, uh, so I have uh, those. Uh, fortunately, most of our giveaway books, we used to give away books to libraries in Pennsylvania, fortunately, they're gone. Uh, it's been years now, but uh, right. uh, we have lots and lots of uh, books still. So uh, I've been giving them away uh, at events. I've been donating them to my local library. I've been trying to sell some of them. Uh, so I have uh, some in the Amber Dragon. I was just going to say, some have made their way to the Amber Dragon metaphysical yes. shop and for your workshops. So th- that's great to see because you have access to these books right on that side shelf there. That's wonderful. And you also have some items there to sell as well. Uh, Linda showed me your, a little corner there in the uh, in the section yes. of the store. I'm greatly honored by that, by the way. And uh, <laughs> I'll say hello to my old stuff. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So that will be it for Sussex County today. I really wanted to uh, explore some other aspects of it. And in terms of the four elements today, and we've talked about so many different things, we have not exhausted our talk on plastics because I have more information. I'd like to address that another time. But something very important came up, and I know that there are many organizations that have been fighting Monsanto tooth and nail over their Roundup product, which is a horrific herbicide. Well, amazingly enough, today in the business section of the paper, it has had to report that Bayer stock has fallen after a $2 billion, billion Roundup verdict. Now, Bayer, they are uh, tied to Monsanto because they acquired it. For $63 billion. Billion, um, Yes, $63 billion. Of course they wanted it. And their stock now has fallen about 3% in one day after the jurors awarded $2 billion to a California couple who blamed the cancer diagnosis. Mind you, both of them had it from many years of using Roundup Weed Killer on their uh, property. They were basically... um, you know, constantly using it, and they both developed lymphoma. Both yeah. of them, same exact um, diagnosis. This is the second time that there's been a major a monetary uh, payout. Another one was to another California person who was into landscaping, a groundkeeper actually. And in August of last year, he was awarded two hundred and eighty-nine million. Uh, it was reduced wow. to seventy-eight million, because, and and of course you know, I mean the stocks plunged. Bayer made that acquisition, and it's plunged ten percent. Then uh, Bayer has, does more than just um, Alka-Seltzer, Aleve, and aspirins. Bayer aspirins—that's what most people know Bayer for. But they are also a very, very um, large seed and agrochemical company. All right, they paired with Monsanto, and they are the largest agrochemical company now when they merged with them. And they're basically the business is around GMO crops and using Roundup, which is using the chemical glyphosate, which is horrific, horrific. So I'm glad to see now that the courts are starting to acknowledge 
that there is this Roundup is a horrible product, a horrible product. And their legal troubles are far from over. They're facing thousands of lawsuits for people in farming and landscaping, directly or indirectly, if they had had contact with Monsanto's herbicides. Of course, the EPA was saying to everyone that, well, you know, it's not really, not really that dangerous. And if it's used, glyphosate is used in accordance with its current label, it's not really or not likely. Do you like the way they put that word in? Not likely a carcinogenic mm-hmm. product. But that is the EPA. Europe has banned it for decades. They yes. will not use it there. Will not use it. And I just thought this little insight in the paper about how now Bayer, along with Monsanto, that they acquired, are going to have to pay the price for it. That we need a little background information on, on not so much Monsanto, but glyphosate and how it originated. And mm-hmm. I received a lot of this information from a periodical that I receive through the mail called David, Dr. David Brownstein's Natural Way to Health, Achieving and Maintaining Your Optimal Health. This man's information is remarkable. He was a regular doctor, and then he just wasn't happy with some of the things that were going on in the industry and the way people were being treated for illnesses, you know, with medications, chemicals, and he started looking into the holistic approach and other ways for, to, to deal with things and their causes, not just masking issues, but looking at the causes. And he says here, the substance glyphosate was discovered in 1950 by a Swiss chemist named Henry Martin, but it wasn't recognized as a herbicide when he discovered it. He was looking into it, and it's so funny when you read these stories, like with the plastics, that a chemist or a scientist wanted to utilize and discover something for one use, and then somehow the usage gets diverted to another one. So it was studied for its ability to bind to metals and act as a water softener. Which is something that That was the original intent. But in 1961, that was when it was patented. And it was patented as a metal chelator. So in other words, it's a substance that would bind to metals. Why was it done? Because it was originally used as a descaling agent in boilers and pipes because it could clean out calcium deposits and remove the metal in water so that the metal deposits would not clog pipes. That is, that, that again, uh, like with the plastics, you blew my mind yeah. with uh, the plastics. I've been thinking about that ever since. And now you're, yeah. you're adding to that uh, uh, internal contemplation, which is good. My mind is expanding. It's, I find it interesting. And, and this, this is an important thing to remember, because as I give you a few more facts, you're going to say, ah, and the light bulb will go back to that very <laughs> sentence I just read to you. So in 1970, there was a scientist working for Monsanto, Jean Pons, Uh and he learned that you could use it as a herbicide, which is a weed killer. They applied and received a weed killer patent 
1974, and then they brought it to the market under the name Roundup. But it is sold, people should be aware that it's sold under other names. One is called Rodeo or Rodeo, however you want to say it, and the other one is Accord. Glyphosate is the most widely used herbicide on the entire planet. When they first started promoting it, and this is the thing that, you again, runs parallel to plastics, promoting it as safe. It's biodegradable. It's practically, here we go with that word, likely or practically, non-toxic and safer than table salt. Well, in 1996, the New York uh, State Attorney General filed a lawsuit against them saying that those assertions were false advertising, and they had to stop advertising Roundup Weed Killer as safe, but only within New York State, because that was the state that brought that suit against them. They also claimed that it remained wherever it was sprayed. But, of course, we know now that there are highly elevated levels of glyphosate in our streams, our soil, our air, our rainwater, our groundwater. So we know that was a mistruth as well. So how does it work? Well, one of the things that farmers need to do to have a high yield is to control the growth of weeds because the weeds take the nutrients out of the soil and then the nutrients are not there for crops. But, um, you know, I remember in school learning about geography and, and science and how, science, uh, how farmers had to do something called crop rotation. Right. Because that way they did not deplete the minerals. And they were saying that something, you know, one of the things brought up about how to avoid using these horrific chemicals is organic, organic farmers do not use it. They rotate their crops to control weed growth. They also do weed burning and planting crops that competitively inhibit weeds. So there are other ways of doing it. But, boy, if there was ever a reason to use organic farming or organic goods, (laughs) glyphosate is the one because it's frightening. It says here that when it's applied to actively growing plants, it, it, it is taken up by the plant, and it poisons an enzyme in something called the shikimate pathway, which is involved in the production of the amino acids, which I know you're very familiar with amino acids, the building blocks yeah. of protein, the tryptophan, phenylene, and um, tyrosine. Yeah. And these are required for, in order for plants to grow. They only work on actively growing plants. Now, they say humans don't have those pathways, so it's safe. It was always believed to be safe, but guess what? That's not true because they have discovered that the shikamate pathway is found in bacteria that are part of the human's intestinal flora. So here we go. All those good microorganisms that we hear about that are in the human gut, and that we depend on for our survival, the flora, to digest food and to give us vital nutrients, mm-hmm. and also responsible for production of nutrients like uh, vitamin K and D12, they're being affected by glyphosate. So if you're hearing this, what does that tell you? That obviously there are going to be a lot more dilemmas and problems 
with the gastrointestinal system, which you were seeing right. nowadays. You know, you're seeing people with um, uh, that they can't break down the proteins and dairy products. It's lactose intolerant. More and more people with allergies to, to certain things, and more and more people that have GI diseases, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, and it's it could very well be due to the fact that our intestinal gut is being affected by this particular item that is in this in the glyphosate that stops the weeds from growing. Wow. Yeah. And then we did say that, that it was uh, first used as a chelating uh, agent, meaning that it uh-huh. binds to metals, you know, it's binding to metals. Well, and I've known people who get metal poison, who've had metal poisoning. Yes. Before. It takes a while Definitely. to get right. that that out of your system. Right. So that's an issue because in food it can, you know, when you have things like like glyphosate, it may be able to bind those metals in the body, just what you just said. Also, it can bind toxic metals in soil, such as cadmium, nickel, and lead. But then you have the important things like calcium, magnesium, and iron, and copper, and zinc, and they're finding they're having problems getting these uh, these um, um, different vitamins and, and nutrients that we should be getting in food it's not there because of the glyphosate taking it away. I also thought this was interesting. Um, I always assumed that GMO products were started because of the fact that, um, you know, they wanted more crops and you wanted a longer shelf life. So you genetically Mm -hmm. modify it. They'll last longer on the shelf. It'll look pretty, and it won't be, remember the corn? You would go to the corn stands, and they would have all these disgusting little bugs in them, and and it didn't look so appetizing. And now you go to the the store, and every ear of corn looks stunning. (laughs) But because when you start altering the genetics of something, it's, you know, you're ingesting something. Yeah, it's going to look better, but what are you ingesting? Well, Hercules, the reason why they started the GMO food was because they wanted the the crops to able to be able to withstand the massive amount of pesticides and herbicides that were being sprayed on them. Wow. So it wasn't just longer shelf life as we assumed. It was so that they would withstand the crops would withstand and not die. From the all this all this roundup and on these horrifying uh, herbicides that were being sprayed continually, continually. It makes but, you uh, think of uh, the, it's the unbelievable. Adage, it is. Uh, it makes you think of the adage that the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Definitely. So now we know, you know, what we learned about plastics, like about maybe about a month ago, we're finding the same thing with this particular product. And it's just right. amazing that the EPA is saying it's not likely to cause this. And, oh, they're poo-pooing all these different things. But in February of this year, there was a medical journal, a journal about mutation research and reviews about it. And they looked at whether there was association between a lot of exposure to glyphosate 
and um, the risk of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which these two people were rewarded the amount of $2 billion. And when they performed this using six separate studies of 65,000 people, the group with the highest exposure, there was a 41% increase of this lymphoma. Wow. Yeah. So in Europe, they banned it. They have banned it, many countries. Here, it's, uh, they're on the fence because of the fact, you know, it's the EPA. The rules are, are very lax now. There's been major changes in the EPA. So um, what can we do about it? Oh, and, and another thing, this frightened me. They've tested vaccines, and they have found that some of the vaccines were contaminated with glyphosate. The diphtheria tetanus pertussis, the measles, mumps, and rubella, the, and some of the influenza virus, uh, Pneumovax 23. And I'm having a very hard time understanding how they would well, want a vaccine. I mean, we've heard of stories about vaccines with mercury, but um, right. how, why would you inject a possible carcinogenic material like, like glyphosate into a person? In a vaccine, why would they put that in a vaccine? So I think, you know, if you, vaccines are very important, but I would want to know about the ingredients in the vaccine now, now that I've heard about this. I, I know, and we have that problem now with uh, uh, the claim of anti-vaxxers and the results yes. of yes. not uh, uh, getting these vaccines is a, a resurgence and a reemergence of things uh that uh, plagued the human condition that we thought that we had conquered. And now they're coming back. Right. So there's no easy answer there. You know, what if uh, that part of the anti-vaxxers argument is valid, that, that these, right. uh, some of these batches are contaminated? Well, in May of 2015, the World Health Organization, notice I said World Health Organization, World, yes. known as WHO, right, classified it as a probable carcinogenic material to humans. And this, they had studies, they looked at studies using human liver cells in vitro, and it showed that even in low doses, it is toxic to cells, it causes genetic mutations, and it disrupts the endocrine function. So that right there, frightening. It it. Decimates, they said it also uh, wreaks havoc on the soil biodiversity. So it's mm -hmm. killing the nutrients and the things that are, should be abundant in the soil. Decimates gut flora. Again, we're hearing about that. And I'm sure people are being so much more aware now of intestinal issues. And, you know, you hear about, you know, sick gut syndrome. And it depletes certain amino acids, which we said before, and minerals, and impairs metabolic enzymes. So what can we do about this? That's yes, what can we do about it? What can we do? Well, I would start contacting, I'm going to start contacting Lowe's and these different large chains that sell these products. I'm not even uh -huh. going to bother with my local and say, I'm going to send them copies about this, about Bayer and Monsanto in a lawsuit and saying, how can you use this? I don't, you know, it doesn't matter what the EPA says. Three major suits within a year. And there is a site, and it is www ewg.org. It's a healthy living app 
You can get it to your phone, and it talks about pesticides and healthy living, why you should shop organic, and how to look into it. They have something called the Dirty Dozen, and these are the 12 items that have the most pesticides, high levels of pesticides. And this is non-organic. We're talking not, not the organic food, the regular food that's GMO and everything else, uh, strawberries, spinach, kale, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, potatoes, celery, tomatoes, and even hot peppers to heat food up. Wow, some of those are staples in our household. Like I'm yes, a, I'm a, mine I'm a, as well. And I, I would advise, advise our listeners to start looking into this E as in Edward, W as in Walter, G as in good, uh, healthy living. But go to EWG.org. And it's really presented very interesting with facts. And, and I did know for a fact that, when you go shopping, please look for the markers designating with the origin of countries. Because in the winter, you may think, oh, it's wonderful to get this fruit and these veggies that are exotic that we cannot carry in the United States. But if it's marked that it comes from Mexico or Guatemala, continue and walk on by. Because pesticides and herbicides that are banned in this country, we sell them to those two countries. And then we buy back the food. So there's still a lot of work uh, ahead uh, for us. And our yeah, so look at the imported, look at those imported fruit and veggies. If there is not a marker, ask. Green peas, strawberries, uh, head lettuce and carrots from Mexico and Guatemala, stay away from it. We're talking Captain Dursban, uh, Endosulfan, which is DDT-related. Very, very bad pesticides. Astrid, our journey for today is uh, at its end. Thank you so much for another mm. informative, insightful, and entertaining show. Uh, if you email me all the information that you shared, I, I will distribute it over the week, and uh, I will start getting involved in some of it. And uh, um, I know you uh, listened to part of uh, my interview of Linda Garibald. I listened for about a good half hour yeah, yes, because did. I wanted to see – you know how she was going to proceed with it, and I was so proud of her. It was an extremely informative interview, and you could just tell she is just so eager to do this. She is a very hardworking woman, and as is Marnie, and they believe in what they're doing. This is not a business. This is a heart endeavor, and you yes. can see anything she does with this is done with the heart and a lot of hard effort and work for sure. What I will do is I will speak with uh, you, with uh, Linda and the other Linda over this coming week uh, by email and by phone. Uh, and uh, I, I'm beginning to see something wonderful emerging in uh, your county, in Sussex County. And I, I would like to um, provide it with uh, as much of a voice as I possibly can because there are remarkable things happening there and uh, more people should know about them, whether they live in Sussex County or not. But uh, I feel that's important and I feel it's time for us to do that. Great. Wonderful. Thank you. 
you're incredibly awesome. Uh, I'm greatly honored uh, to be doing this adventure with you on the Elysium Project and, and all our other adventures together. You are incredible, Astrid, and uh, it's a great Hercules, honor. Hercules, you're the person that is, that is giving the platform and giving others a voice. So you are the one should, who should be congratulated, and we are stand in awe of you. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm greatly honored, and uh, I can't wait till our next conversation, be it on the air or off the air. Take care and have a wonderful evening, Hercules. You too. Um, and to all at home, we're going to play Brand Kordorian's King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with the legendary Bill Waitman.
And welcome back to the Elysium Project, where we strive to create the best of all worlds. I'm Hercules Invictus, and I'm greatly honored to announce Bill Waitman, one of my mythic mentors. Uh, today on his show, I on Northern New Jersey, he's interviewing Tom Tilly, and uh, we interviewed Professor Tilly before, and it was an awesome interview, and I'm glad that it's uh, continuing uh, today. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? I'm doing excellent, and Tom, how are you? Let me put Tom on. Okay, there we go. Welcome, Tom. I'm here, yes. How are you? Tom, for Hercules, he's awesome. For Hercules and myself, can you just give us a little background? I know you've been uh, teaching. Uh, uh, Just keep me up to date, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, well, I'm uh, currently at Pace University, just an adjunct, and uh, teaching a, an English course there in a CAP program from students who uh, need a little more help. Um, Pace is, um, has, has um, started to accept some of these students. They're taking a bit of a hit right now because in, it's in New York, and uh, New York is now offering free college um, at the community colleges, so they're losing some uh, some enrollment there, so we're trying to hang on there, but um, I'm sure I'll be able to stay in the classroom. I, I enjoy teaching uh, this level of students. Uh, I sort of look at it as uh, I taught uh, for 12 years in high school in the Newark area, and uh, and uh, I guess uh, one of the first things I try to tell my students or mention to my students that um, I understand what kind of education they, they received in their high schools. Uh, it's in a sad state, and um, I get to a point where I try to apologize to them for it and try to make up for it in our college courses, and uh, they usually uh, step up and are able to do it uh, almost like uh, high school might be holding them back a little bit, but uh, uh, they come around and uh, are uh, becoming very, very uh, ready for uh, their own lives. Are your students from, like, New York City, or are they from all around the state? They're um, from uh, from around the. There's some from Connecticut. Uh, there's some from out of state, from uh, from the West Coast even. And um, you know, Pace is a, uh, a highly accredited school uh, in New York City. It's the, uh, basically a law school up here in uh, Pleasantville. It's uh, uh, they have a little more direction on the uh, arts and sciences, but um, that's the whole idea. It's a beautiful campus and uh, it's a beautiful area. So a lot of students I've, like to come up here. I've been to Pace and uh, you know and other campuses of Pace, uh, and and I agree. I you're not if you're in Pleasantville, you're not far from the uh, the jail, uh, woman's prison. Is that up that way? <laughs> yes, it is up that way. <laughs> I uh, 
uh, at Fordham when I was in graduate school, uh, we had an assignment, uh, three students, uh, to write a grant for Fordham uh, to get involved with the prison system. And uh, one of the – there was a famous woman prisoner when we met, but one of the students uh, was a, a corrections officer at that prison. And uh, Carol Coppolino, I think, uh, she murdered uh, – uh, I think she murdered the diet, diet doctor. He might have cheated on her. I think his products are still out there for sale. But she was she was in that uh, prison. And uh, we went ahead and wrote the uh, project. And this is going way back. Um, and you might not remember it, and Hercules might. Hercules is from New York. He might remember this. Uh, there was a prison commissioner named Benjamin Ward. And uh, he later became conscious, uh, 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 whatever it was in New York, it was the jail system. Uh, uh, he was a he was a character. We wrote the grant, and uh, we thought it was going to go to Fordham. We were cheering. We all got good grades, uh, but instead it went to the state. That Hercules, or I'm here. I, I remember that vaguely. Benjamin Ward, you remember he was a big tall guy. Uh, he was involved in a minor scandal, I think, on, with his wife. I think he's dead now. Uh, but he was at the, at the state prison system, and we were doing this. I'm dating myself now, Hercules and, uh, and Tom. Uh, it was right after Attica. <laughs> I remember that, program. too. <laughs> it was, it, there were commission reports and everything on Attica. And I think one of the problems was, like, a lot of the prison, the prison is middle of nowhere up there. Uh, Pleasantville is a nice one for Carol Coppolino and company. I don't know. Uh, she she was uh, she had got involved with the other inmates, taught them skills. Uh, uh-huh. I'm giving you a lot of uh, crazy information on that. But, but anyway, I think the guy she killed was Torn, Doctor Tornow, something like that. But um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's interesting you brought up the uh, prison system. I think one of the, uh, my first intentions when I became, became a, a teacher in my 40s, uh, teaching is a second career for me, but um, I had inspired to uh, teach at a uh, juvenile detention there in Sussex, actually. Um, I almost got a job there, but they wanted me to teach um, uh, edu- um, uh, gym. They wanted me to teach um uh, oh physical God. education, <laughs> and um, I said, "Well, what can you? What, what, you know, you can't teach golf, you know, or baseball. I you know, can't give them a bat or a club or anything." So I had to pass on that. But um, I, I, I recall, uh, I recall uh, when I used to uh, be in the Knights of Columbus. So we used to collect uh, um, some monies for um, charities on in Sparta on the circle. And okay. I recall uh, with my friend Jack Ramsey, who was an art teacher. And uh, this was before I was a teacher, and uh, told him he told me that I was I should become a teacher because I was involved in the youth so much, and uh, I had won their award twice uh, for uh, youth involvement with the Knights of Columbus. But uh, we were collecting money there, and a van pulled up, and uh, it was full of some boys. Yes. Can we hold on one. Uh, Hercules. Okay. I'm here. We can't hear. Is there? There's a lot of noise. I don't know if there are people there. No, there's no people here, and I don't get any of the noise from uh, my end. It's um, it's, let's see it's, if, a feed, uh, it's a feedback from our talking. Somebody okay. oh. radio on or something. 
let let me um I guess if both of you let me write down your numbers. If both of you hang up, I'll try calling you from the board. Sometimes that eliminates the the problem, but it's not registering on this end. Maybe if I just lower I lower my phone a little bit. Yeah, that match you said might be it, Bill. Yeah, I lowered the phone. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can can you hear hear us? Yeah, I'm okay. You hear me? Can you hear me now? I hear you perfectly. Okay. Okay. If 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 the feedback's going away, we'll continue. If not, uh, I'll have each of you hang up, and then uh, uh, I'll try calling you. If that doesn't work, call back in, and sometimes that clears the problem. No problem at all. You know, it's it's interesting you brought up that jail because uh, uh, the last uh, show with Hercules, uh, the woman there is from Sussex County, uh, Astrid, I think. And um, yes. the jail, there's a big, big scandal going on in the jail. Um, and it involves, well, because of the uh, mar- proposed marijuana laws, which are now probably dead for a while uh, in Jersey, um, the jails were going, were sending their uh, extra their inmates to uh, Morris County, and uh, uh, that kind of uh, was kind of a strange move. But I know the sheriff; he was accused of uh, some form of sexual harassment uh, by the opposition, and uh, I it might be true. I don't know. I've known him before he was the sheriff. I knew him when he was in Morris County because I used to do meetings. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm not sure if Tom or Hercules – Hercules is familiar with the term uh, – the uh, war, uh, Workforce Investment Board. Yes. We used yes, to have yes, meetings at, uh, at the uh, Mount Olive Police Station and uh, also Norwest Cap, which is a seven-county program that you might know, uh, uh, Tom. It was in, it's in seven mm-hmm. counties, including Sussex. I was on the board of that. But uh, I, I thought it was it – was, I thought he was innocent, and I posted it. And uh, all of a sudden, the day later, uh, for some reason, it went to 150 news outlets. That's a little hard to believe that a county sheriff would go 150 outfits. Uh, he supposedly slapped. Uh, it was more like the Joe Biden thing, uh, but it, it turned out that they believed the film was doctored or whatever. I don't know. Such as county politics to me is very strange. I I know him as a policeman and as a sheriff. And I, I did a national study with uh, sheriffs in New Jersey from 21 counties with their, with their jail system. I tested their workers so that uh, other people could come to the norms of a sheriff. If that makes any sense, uh, you test a sample and then turn it into a test, a prediction, find a degree to way to predict this test scores. And it was a normal study. Uh, it was funny because the first meeting was held at the uh, Limburg, uh, place where Lindbergh was arrested in Hunterdon County. But anyway, let me go hunt from that. <laughs> Although, I gotta say, it's been a, we're not in Alabama, but it's been a bad day today for Alabama. Alabama. Uh, the abortion issue, which uh, we want to talk about, uh, I just want to give you some statistics. Is that okay, Tom? Mm-hmm. And Hercules, so sure. get them too. Fine with me. All right. In 2015, if you can hear me, there were 638,169 legal endorsed induced abortions, which were reported to the CDC from 49 reporting states. I don't know which state didn't report it. The abortion rate for 2015 was 11.8 abortions per 1,000 women aged 15 to 44 years. 
and the abortion ratio itself was 180 abortions per 1,000 live births. Now, if you compare that with the year 2014, the total number rate and ratio of reported abortions decreased 2%. And additionally, from 2006 to 2015 nationally, the number, rate, and ratio of reported abortions decreased 24%, 26%, and 19% respectively, uh, you know, in that study. And all, in 2015, all three measures reached their lowest level for the entire period of analysis. Uh, women, what I'm basically saying is that abortion has really gone down without any law on abortion. Um, uh, Alabama just passed this law, which really is barbaric in so many terms, and there's no way that it could become legal. But, Tom, give me your reports on it, because this does impact New Jersey, too. Yes, I understand, especially Sussex County. They do have uh, – it is a uh, a, um, a Republican uh, county, and uh, I think that's one of the issues that makes them a Republican county. But uh, but uh, abortion is um, – uh, you know, I don't think it's uh, – I, I think it, this might come out to, to work in, in, um, in everybody's favor because there needs to be an honest debate. Uh, we don't have a debate right now. One side is pro-choice and one side is pro-life. They're not even opposites. And, you know, if you want to have a debate, maybe one side is pro-life and one side is pro-death, and then debate it. And I think if you debate it that way, you might come to some better conclusions and and uh, maybe we, understand what each side is saying. But, um, you know, just, just nobody's really listening to each other, I don't think. And uh, I think this thing in Alabama is, uh, went way too far, and I think they did it intentionally um, to, to get some attention. And uh, maybe we'll start talking about, uh, you know, um, what um, what we really need, you know, some, something in the middle, maybe I don't know. Some some of these abortions are pretty horrific uh, that you hear about, but you don't know the whole story. So if we could get the whole story and uh, find out what uh, doctors are doing, and uh, and instead of all this uh, political back and forth with uh, uh, pro uh, you know pro life, and um, you know we accuse them of um, yeah you're pro life with the fetus, but you're not with uh, feeding hungry children. You know these these are these are not good debates. I don't think, and I I think you really need to sit down and and figure out uh, because things have changed uh, since Roe Wade, uh, especially uh, with regards to when life begins. Um, there are some uh, scientific changes. Uh, you know, uh, the whole Roe v. the whole Roe v. Wade thing was based on science. Uh, they determined that life did not begin at uh, uh, at conception and things of that nature, but. Uh, there's some changes to that, I understand. I don't have all the statistics or all the science, but uh, maybe it's time to look at uh, how science has progressed and uh, how things have progressed in our information about uh, the fetus and things of that nature and uh, the medical industry in, in, in all. But, uh, you know, it's just been a, it's been a just a silly, stupid debate for so many years, and they're not even on opposing sides. You know, they accuse pro-choice as being pro-death, when it's not true. Eighty percent of the people who are pro-choice uh, don't approve abortions, you know, in, in less of some circumstances. But the option has to be left over, uh, left open. I, and, that, and it's I not fair, that, uh, you know, for for men to say, um, you know, either way the men goes, it's not fair. They can they they can say that a woman should have an abortion, or they can say it should be a woman's choice. It's still a cop out. 
men don't have I to really make the choice. It's the women that have to make the choice. So, uh, I, uh, you know, that's not a good debate. That's not a good argument. So we're not having a good argument about it. They need to have an argument. They're not having an argument. We have, things have changed. It's either six months, six weeks, eight weeks, or 24 weeks, uh, you know, know before yeah. they know for sure. And uh, we I don't know really what it is got that down. <laughs> Originally, yeah, it was 10 weeks. That, uh, uh, the thing that what you just said, uh, I'm in Florida at this moment, um, yeah. chasing off burglars. Somebody just scratched my windshield. But uh, that's another one going uh, to that's here, a, another just, state going to hell. <laughs> oh, God, it's, it's crazy down here. It's so crazy at all. I mean, uh, everything is a microcosm of the country. And you would think it's one of the more progressive states in the South. But uh, strange, strange things happen down here. Um, I. Uh, what I what I um, I listened to a show today. It's called DBL. Uh, don't ask me what DBL is. It's uh, on the CBS network at about. Uh, I, I too am teaching a course down here. Uh, it's on the CBS network on the, uh, Channel Ten out of Tampa, and uh, actually their consensus was the same as yours. Four people, uh, two, uh, one conservative, uh, an African American. Uh, the female moderator and another female who was highly uh, sensible, you know, uh, pro pro choice. But their conception, their idea, or final solution was that it should be an argument. And uh, uh, if, if, if the issue is going down as it is, the ratio is going down. I don't know about all kinds of. Yeah. Uh, my point well, would be also, like. Yeah, but the women are having less children too, so you know. That's true. <laughs> that's that's part. But you know, I um, in Sussex County, I can't obviously give the name, uh, but I knew uh, an 18-year-old female that hung around with my family, and uh, she was a victim a victim of incest. And uh, lucky she didn't have a baby. Uh, her life has turned miserable in more ways than one, anyway. But um, I'm just wondering about those people that have that. Um, I don't know if I would condemn a woman to having a baby. My wife disagrees with me because she's a deep Christian. I'm a Catholic, uh, maybe wayward in some ways. Uh, but I, I feel for the for the for the you know the young kids and the women that do get raped and incest. Uh, you know, Christian churches disagree with me. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But um, I think that's what we need to do is have a talk. This this bill is obviously headed to the Supreme Court. Uh, I just don't want to see the entire role be weighed, uh, you know, uh, be thrown out. Uh, because it, some women, it's, it's just something, there's something very wrong. Uh, I don't believe in uh, uh, some, you know, in, in, in just um, whatever, having a, ch- uh, a child uh, ki- uh, killed too early or even in, uh, at all. But I still believe it's a woman's right to choose more so. And I don't think that this, this bill calls for doctors being locked up for 99 years. The thing that kills me, I grew up in uh, Bergen County, uh, not far from where Hercules is now. And um, rich girls were getting abortions. Their families took them. Whether it, uh, I happened to one day get hit by a car. It cost me a baseball career but in the long run. But uh, that doctor, after I left and went to the hospital, because uh, they took me from my home area of the street to his office. Um, that doctor did an abortion the next day somewhere, and he climbed out of a window and <laughs> he caught him doing it. And 
I don't know. I, I, I don't think he was doing it for the money. But uh, that's something that you're right, that, that we should really have a sh- straight talk, get down to be serious. Uh, a lot of, you know, a lot of what's going on is, is not going right. Let me just shift gears to, uh, in a moment. Uh, the state said, you know, Sweet Alabama was the song. I can't remember who sang it. Do you, by any chance? Hello? No, I Hello? don't remember. We seem to have lost uh, uh, your guest, uh, Bill. Uh, he got disconnected. I think his phone died out. Uh, That's a possibility. You, Hercules. Uh, sure. You heard that. How do you feel about that talk? I mean, do, can we introduce some humanity into these laws instead of it being a, ga- a gambit to get to the su- Supreme Court? I believe that we should. And, in fact, tomorrow uh, some people who are metaphysicians – are going to be addressing that uh, problem. Um, And the the whole question, because a lot of the legislation that uh, is being introduced uh, or is being threatened to be introduced uh, defies our understanding of human biology. Um, And it's turning things that happen, like, for instance, uh, um, miscarriages, which are fairly common from my understanding, um, into crimes, and, and that is horrendous. That is uh, barbaric in the worst sense of that word. It, it's just horrible. I, this, I where you're, you're, you're at, right. can apply. My doctor um, was in Richfield, not too far from you. And it was uh-huh. virtually the next day after I got hit by a car that he made the papers for doing an abortion, jumping out of a window. Somebody caught him. And uh, you know, I wasn't that old then, but I remember I remember the case. The accident changed my life, actually. Uh, but I remember it. And I knew when I was in school, and you might have had the same feeling when you were in school, there were some kids that were rich kids that disappeared from school. Some right. had babies at home and never came back. They must have went to some other school. And I went to a small high school. And others that uh, uh, in some of the lower grades were able to have – have the surgery done somewhere because wherever the money is, I mean, this will right. lead to people coming from one state to uh, another. So I'm, I'm, I'm not too, I don't know. I hope there's a compassionate settlement to this. I hope there is too. By the way, I tried to reconnect uh, Tom through the keyboard uh, and it says uh-huh. that uh, it's not connecting with his uh, phone or his phone's not being answered or it's not connecting. So, uh, I'll try. I'll keep trying until uh, maybe we can reconnect him. But well, uh, well, in, in the interim, we'll right? carry on the conversation. Yes. Uh, congratulations, by the way, for teaching that uh, class in uh, uh, Florida on TV. That is an awesome thing. It's at a county college down here, so I'm, I'm kind of doing what he's doing. Uh, I hope uh-huh. to come back and pick up a course up north, uh, maybe at my uh, either in New York or New Jersey. Uh, I know that's a hike for Tom to go to Pace, but Pace is an excellent uh, university. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you got to make a big. I, I can't question anybody's intention to get low tuition or free tuition. Uh, a college education is way out of line. Uh, my daughter is now a lawyer, and she's got she's paying it back, but it's a lot of debt. Uh, yes, so yes. I don't. I you know she didn't go to law school when I wanted her to. She waited till she started this business radio, and uh, 
Uh, now she's paying it back. She, but she's like doing three jobs to pay it back. You know, which is wow. incredible. She does. Lord I know that, she does that should be forgiven. That should, that should never have been imposed on our children and uh, uh, their families. That, that whole thing should be uh, forgiven and dropped. It's outrageous because you're bankrupting families. At the time, I was going to pay. When my daughter was younger, I was going to pay. But I couldn't pay when I, uh, you know, as I I changed careers or whatever. Okay, is that my feedback again? Do you hear feedback? I I don't hear feedback here. Are you getting feedback? I'm going to low. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Um, before I started the show, a message uh, came on from Blob Talk Radio that they're experiencing system difficulties. So uh, the first two-thirds of the show, we didn't really have a problem, uh, but maybe the system difficulties are what the problem is. And uh, uh, we'll, we'll just do the best, <laughs> the best we can with what we have. Okay. I just wanted to bring up, I, I've been involved in the uh, prison system uh, in some uh, ways, doing studies or whatever. And uh, our prisons have had their negativity, but uh, the good old state of Alabama uh, was really uh, declared in violation of the Eighth Amendment of the Constitution, which protects against cruel and unusual uh, punishment. And so that would be cool. Two things going on in Alabama. Yeah, that it's, 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 it's been ridiculous. Uh, uh, and again, I'm pretty, I, you know, I, I react to uh, uh, things that are going on, but I'm pretty mellow with uh, things. But uh, uh, when uh, polit- politicians try to uh, criminalize biology, um, you know, they're and make people criminals who are having things that happen to biological beings that they have no control over uh, that is uh, insane in my opinion and you you know the rate itself is going down the rate of people needing abortions is going down right. every year by 2% and on a national level I don't know what's going on in Alabama I don't have their statistics but you know this is it's getting this is getting to be just a you know, tip for a cat uh, and it's I mean, like today, they're trying to bring it to the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court is uh, stacked very heavily in a particular way. Uh, so it, it looks like, you know, and again, I'm I, I'm not the most astute person politically, but it looks like they're trying to uh, bring this to the Supreme Court uh, to get a decision, as you mentioned before, and as uh, Tom mentioned before, and and that's criminal too, you know. It's. It's it's the Kavanaugh uh, appointment that uh, is making yes. it a reality, and uh, that that woman who testified in that hearing was really just thrown garbage at by uh, you know the uh, the party that rules that uh, that that Senate, uh, and I don't know what happened to dignity in that in, in amongst Republicans, Democrats, and others in government. You know, I think part of this, and excuse me, it's a critique, and it's going to go to um, another issue. I think part of think it is that it Facebook, is in many ways, is a good, is a good, is a good tool. Yes, but there's much wrong with it too. I mean, other than other than what Facebook itself allows. Uh, 
people are sitting and chatting too much. I think this would be a call for action. You know, uh, I think we we've been sitting through the last much of the last two years. I mean, we protested and what, and we got quiet. I mean, if you want to go and chat, you really got to get permission from a chat or whoever the chatter organization. And I'm and I belong to a number of them. But okay. they just focus on silly chats all day. It's time for action. Yeah. Laying out ground rules. I mean, I was in college. I was protesting Nixon. This, uh, we, I mean, uh, they closed my college. They closed many colleges after uh, Kent State. I don't know if you recall that. And, yeah, I recall uh, Kent you know, State. And I recall the song about it, too. Well, they, they closed our – some of us, we got grades in, in part, and others, uh, others took – Peace for passing because there was just about every college in America uh, protested, and uh, and that started the uh, that coupled with other issues started the end for Nixon, and I don't think Nixon is is all that bad in some ways compared to this guy. The other thing that accepts uh, bothers me is that some groups and, I, and people I hope you're going to get flack on this, but Maduro in uh, Venezuela. I see a lot of people that I, I know protesting and whatnot. I got called, criticized. But Maduro is not a socialist in the real sense. He's a brutal dictator. The people, the middle class there is left a long time ago. Three, four, five million of them left. I mean, I worked, I worked through, uh, I worked with uh, Joe Kennedy, you know, the Joe Kennedy for oil. Yes. Um, I, I did that in Sussex County as like an ad service uh, because people uh, without jobs are having trouble paying their electric bill. There's a program called Lie Heat, which takes care of their heat and uh, their electric. And uh, for a while it was run out of North, Northwest Cap, which comes almost all the way down to you, but stops in Patterson, uh, seven, okay. uh, seven rural counties in the city of Patterson. But um, uh, then at that time, the oil was Sitco oil and it was coming from, uh, Venezuela, but somehow this has gotten way out of uh, way out of normal, and uh, I, 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 the president somehow makes things worse uh, with his actions. Basically, it's he's probably right on trade, but he's going to lose the agreement. He's going to lose unless he listens to his trade guy, and he has a habit of not listening to people. We did make mistakes with China. You, you, and I both know we lost a lot of yeah. jobs. That we shouldn't have lost, and uh, we shouldn't have solar lighting being made in China. We should have a, a lot of these jobs back here. And every president said, "Please, please, please, please." But I don't agree with this guy's methods. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's the wrong time to do this this shenanigans. Try to negotiate with these Chinese in a fair, in a fair, firm way, so that jobs do come back here. Some at least. Uh, the craziness in Washington. Is permeating the whole. It's permeating every state. You know, right. I go on Facebook and um, and some of the others. Uh, I ran for assembly with uh, with the help of, of Congressman Steve Andrews out of uh, Camden County. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came up to Sussex County in 1993. I was the only guy. I don't know if there are any women, but I was the only person on the ballot in that county. I was on. Ballots wow. in other counties, uh, but I ran as a you know uh, 
the chair just said, everybody drop off, and they all dropped. And I said, that's wrong, and I ran. And uh, I got his help. I raised uh, a significant amount of money. And I debated with, uh, strangely, with very right-wing support and very left-wing support and a few in the middle. I don't know. You have to waken the people up in the middle because they vote against their interests. But uh, I didn't win. But I gave it my best. I went around walking walking tours. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I got 20-something thousand, I think. Uh, I had the first commercial radio and TV up there uh, and got endorsed by the paper down by you and it's a, a suburban trends paper which is up by me uh, I didn't get I didn't get an endorsement by the ledger I just got called the uh, a bright star in a dying party <laughs> well, you're, you're that. a bright star and that, that's a good thing you still are a bright star uh, and alas our journey for today is uh, coming to an end um, uh, people know how to reach you on Facebook, on LinkedIn, and in various of your venues. Um, are there any last words you'd like people to contemplate? Uh, and you're right about this issue. It is a very important one, and I'll be devoting more shows to it um, that are going to go beyond politics and into spirituality and uh, um, just basically, I believe that your guest was uh, right, Tom, that we're not approaching this argument uh, the right way. We're, we're getting into polarization and, and party politics when we should be looking at the nature of uh, life and death and making some really that's important decisions. Yes. You're right. I would believe that's my, what I would say on this issue, that we do need to talk. Uh, I agree with one. I'm sorry that he disappeared. I hope he wasn't angry at me. But uh, no, I think he, I think he might be back. Hold on a second. I'm, uh, I'm here. Back, Welcome back. I lost I lost power on my phone. I have another one. <laughs> it's we, it's good to have you. Yes. We were talking about what you said. <laughs> oh, is that right? <laughs> I, I we agree with you. Both of us agree with you. And Tom, yeah. we always I think a lot show. of. I think a lot of people. I was just informed that we have 90 seconds, so we need to wrap up. But, Tom, we owe you a show. I'll have you back on very uh, quickly, and we can continue looking at this very important issue. Uh, Where we agreed was that we're we're approaching this whole uh, uh, circumstance wrong, and that we should be focused on what is life, what is death, how do we feel about life and death, uh, rather than all the stuff that's going on. Right. And I think that was the final decision was, you know, that life did not begin at conception, but things have changed. From what I have done, some of the things I've read, they now say that life might begin, you know, a little sooner than that. Maybe the heartbeat is a thing. I don't know, but it should be talked about. To be continued. Thank you, gentlemen, for a very illuminating and thought-provoking show. Uh, I'm looking uh, forward uh, to our continuing this conversation. All right. Thank you very much. The both take care. And to all at home, thank you for joining us. We're going to close with Bone Poets Orchestra's Cry Freedom.
fast, steady trading lies. They try to hold us back with trains of holy smoke. But I am here to say we will not bear the Lifetime. 